0: It's good to see everyone. I miss, honestly, when I was sitting in worship there, just like I've said before, the tears don't often fill my eyes, but they did this time. And uh, just looking out at all of you, it's amazing to to journey on this incredible, thank you, Niccoli, round of applause for her. (laughs) It's amazing to be on this incredible God journey with all of you, that God, Somehow in his, his, in his sovereignty, he, he sets up local churches and cities to be the hope for that city. And we are the hope for Dubai. Say, so I'm the hope for Dubai. Let's believe it and say it. Because I really believe that. I believe that the local church is God's answer. It's, uh, it's, it's where the, the kingdom of God is expressed outwards. It's where, where we see God's rule and reign come into people's lives, where we love one another, we care for one another, we care for the city. We see that the kingdom of God starts to expand. And uh, what an, what an, this could only be God's idea, that he takes a bunch of people who are actually all on a journey, no one's perfect, everyone has a past, and he puts us together into, into community, and he knits our hearts together, and he says, listen, I've, I've, got, you, I've got you on a mission. I've got your heart. Just chatting to Jeremy and Penny. They've been away in Sri Lanka for a month and a half. I think I'm feeding back a little bit. Could we? Yeah, there's definite feedback. So, can we just maybe bring even off the monitors? That's great. Um, and Jeremy and Penny have been away and just kind of come back and he's like, "This is not home anymore. Sri Lanka is home." And for me, this is who we are. We are going people. Kurt and Maya, they, 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 they sold everything, literally, and went to go spend a year in Kenya to, to give up their lives for a year for someone else, someone greater. And can I say that going to Staler 's parents' uh, 20th anniversary, his, her dad's vision statement was so incredible for me when he started 20 years ago. Five or six people in the lounge, and they just said that the kingdom of God is coming. And we are part of it. And he says, we live in exciting times. And he says, five or six people around. Now we go back last week. There's 2,000 people. Then a massive property in Pretoria, uh, which is uh, the capital of South Africa. And just to see what God's hand and faithfulness, and not only that the 2,000 that are in the church, but the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of lives that that church has impacted. And our church is that. We are called to impact the city. We are called to impact this nation. We've been going through a series, Grow Where You Planted, Ron preached last week, Rob Wurter preached the week before, and I encourage you, if you weren't here for Rob Wurter, get his message. It was powerful, both both morning and then the guys thing in the evening, powerful, 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 life-changing stuff. And I don't know if you guys, when you walked in, you would have seen our little tomato bushes growing. Do you know what the amazing thing, I was thinking, like, when you first start, and this is very similar to Christianity, is that the initial sprouting is quite quick that people are so excited. But actually now, if you look, they haven't grown too much, but they're growing steadily. And I think that's what it's about. We, we in, we're in this for the long haul. As, as, as brothers and sisters who, who follow after Jesus Christ, we're here for the long haul. Don't expect an oak tree in a day, but just keep faithfully building and building and putting Jesus into your life on a daily basis, and you'll see yourself starting to grow. That's as simple, and so I think I'm coming to something with a, a pastoral message this morning. But, and Starla, honestly, her message was incredible. Just planting yourself, you come from faithfulness to fruitfulness, that there's a fruitfulness and, and fruit inside every single one of us that God has called to display in this world. John 15 says that, uh, that Jesus says, I'm the true vine, uh, you are the branches. Without me, you cannot bear fruit, which what Rom spoke about last week. We cannot bear fruit if we're not connected to the source, and that's Jesus Christ. So my message today is really about that. And it's in its simplicity, I'm going to read a few scriptures and share some of my heart. But I think we, I'm so proud of this church. I'm so proud of, of every single one of you. We are not perfect. But thank goodness Jesus is perfect. And we love each other, and we get on a journey. And I was just sitting in South Africa, just reflecting on this amazing, amazing community that we're part of. And just thinking, people who've met up, got married, where else would an Australian and a a Russian get together and go start an orphanage but in the local church? Brendan and Olga, I'm talking about them. And I just think, wow, this this is an incredible thing that we are on the pulse and the heartbeat of God. If you want to know what God is doing on the planet today, it's the local church. He's working in and through the local church. We had an incredible time in his presence this morning. And, and I, I believe God never leaves us. He's, he's, but sometimes his manifest presence comes and, and, and deals with stuff in our hearts. And uh, I'm just so stoked where we're at. God is good. We need to plant ourselves in healthy environments. And just doing quick little recaps and stuff. Not in unhealthy environments. So where there's no light, no water, no soil, you're not going to grow. About to take one of those trees, one of the olive trees, and just take it out of the pot, shake the sand off and leave it, within a few days it'll be it'll be firewood. And that's God is one us to, to continually connect to the source. One John says that if we mess up and we sin, we come back to Jesus because he's good and he's faithful and he will forgive you and he will and he will, and he will welcome you with open hearts because we need to constantly in some ways connect ourselves back to the vine. Uh, Positionally, we're always connected to Jesus Christ. We give our lives to him. We are saved. We're we, we, we connected with him. There's, there's nothing that we can do to separate ourselves from him, but there's things we can do in our lives that causes just this gap between God. We need to come back on our knees like this morning and say, I surrender all. Jesus, I surrender all to you. Why do we need to grow? I thought, I mean, I'm preaching on us growing in maturity and I thought, why do we need to grow? Why, do we, why, why does God not want us to, to stay the same? It's because God is restoring a broken and lost world. He's taking you and I, who are imperfect, broken vessels, and He's making us into something new. He's fixing us. He's changing us so we can be vessels for His glory. And I want to read just a few scriptures. 2 Peter three eighteen, But it says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord's uh, and the Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Thank you, Jenny. Ephesians four fourteen says, Then we will no longer be like immature children. We won't be tossed and blown by every wind of new teaching. And I, that is so relevant today. There's, there's always a new prophet, an apostle, and a pastor, and some guy bringing in a new message. We need to be grounded we need, to, we need to understand what the Word of God says about our lives, how we should lead our, in our homes, how husbands should lead their wives, how wives should love their husbands. We should, we should have these things grounded within our hearts. Uh, it says, We will not be influenced when people try, trick us with lies so clever they sound like truth. And I think in these last days, if we're not connected to the vine, truly connected to Jesus Christ, we're going to have moments where we can be deceived by teaching That sounds like the truth. It tickles our ears. It sounds good. Um, Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the church. There's a, someone said, I read someone on Facebook, again, sermon research is always around Facebook. Uh, I think you can pick up the pulse of where the world is at. And uh, the one, the one, one dude said he was preaching. He says the gifts are given, but fruit is grown. I want to say it again because it impacted me. The gifts are given, so the gifts of the Holy Spirit—that's tongues, prophecy, preaching, gifts of service, etc., cetera, etc.—is cetera, given. But the fruits of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, and self-control, the only reason I know that is because I sang it in Sunday school, um, and. As, as, as followers of Jesus, we, we, have to, we have to line ourselves up back with Scripture and say, God, am, am, I, am I more loving? Am I more kind? Kindness is a thing that is so incredible. I met a guy when we were in Pretoria, uh, and he was, he's one of the elders on the team. I don't think he preaches much, but when you walk into his presence, he makes you feel so warm, so welcome, and so invited because he's kind, and then Jesus has touched his heart, and, it's, and it exudes out of him. And all, he, all you want to do is, like, just follow this dude because he, he makes you feel so warm and, and, and part of whatever is happening. That should be an increase in love. Love, joy, peace. We should have the peace of God in our lives. Patience is a difficult one on Dubai roads. Am I right? Can we have an amen? It's, uh, it's one of the things, and like Stalin knows, I'm not by nature the most patient person on the planet. Um, and uh, God continually puts me in situations where my fruit is tested, and He just shakes it a little bit, and I'm just like, ah, patience, Dan, we still need to work on that one. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. Being able to say no to something is a fruit of the Spirit. Being able to follow the path that God has for us and have a daily discipline is a fruit of the Spirit. There's there's a life inside of us. If we were followers of Jesus and submitted to the Holy Spirit and to the King's Lordship, we should have these things increasing in our lives. The fruit of God growing more and more. Can we turn in our Bibles to Proverbs 3? It's going to be up there. I'm going to be reading out of the NLT. God... There's a verse in Luke that says that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and favor with God and man. Here's Jesus, this 12 year old boy. They say he's 12 don't know the exact age, but he went into the temple, starts debating and asking questions with guys who have been studying the Torah, they've been studying the Bible of their day their whole life, and he comes, and, he's, and they, they are astounded at his answers, they are astounded at how, how does he have such authority, how does he have such insight, and Jesus grew in wisdom and in favor, what are the words there, wisdom, stature, and favor with God and man. And I think the order is that, is that when we grow in, in the things of God, there's influence that comes with man. It always happens like that. Don't seek influence with man first. Seek influence with God and, and influence with man will automatically come. You want, a, you want a promotion at work? Seek God. Seek first the kingdom. Put him first. Put your principle of tithing and offering first. Put, put God's principles in place. God starts to bless you and pour out his, his blessing that you cannot contain it, that he starts to promote you in places. It's what's done in secret that God promotes in public. And I think we have to always get back to what the word is saying to us in this. So let's read this uh, Proverbs 3. Can we read there? Never let, can we, yeah, NLT. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you, Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. Who wants a good reputation? I want a good reputation in in everything I do. I want people to speak well of me, not because I'm looking for their favor, because I've actually found God's favor first, And you have a good reputation through what you do and what you've done. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Say all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do. Say His will. will. So it's all your heart and His will in all you do. And He will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Don't be arrogant. The Bible says that, not me. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil, then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then you will find your bonds. Uh, sorry. Then you will then you will fill your bonds with grain, and your vats will overflow with good wine. My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline, and don't be upset when He corrects you. We live in a world that doesn't like to be corrected. If God corrects you. It says here in verse 12, for the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. And I've got four quick points. And I think Jesus knew the scriptures. His most quoted uh, part of the Bible was Deuteronomy, which is amazing. So if you want to learn what Jesus was reading, go read Deuteronomy. Uh, Jesus knew, I think it's by the time they're 12 or 13 years old, the Jewish Boy, and even today, they would have to be able to recite the, the first five books of the Bible, and uh, I think it's into Psalms, sorry, um, correct me if I'm wrong. But basically, they knew the Word. They knew the Word before and after. The rabbi used to be able to come to them and say, name, he would give them a sentence and say, name the thing before, name the thing afterwards. And they learned from a young age to understand what it means to read the Bible in context. Jesus knew, and Jesus would have, in his mind, He's like, I want to grow in favor with God. He, He knew that a thousand years before, there was Solomon who was sitting in his temple and he starts to write stuff about wisdom. Jesus is the ultimate wisdom, but Jesus also was trained by the word under the submission of the Holy Spirit. So, first of all, the first thing is love. The message version says this, don't lose your grip on love and loyalty. Don't lose your grip on love and loyalty. And I... For me, as, as a church that is, that, is, that is living for Jesus, we cannot lose our first love. Revelation 2, 4 says this, but I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember that first moment of being in love. Those of you who have been in love, who are in love, hopefully in marriage you get more in love, but you remember that first moment. The world just spins. There's something that happens. I'll pick on some people, but I won't. Um, <laughs> and, uh... But that moment when you know that you, you're in love with that person, something something went from friendship to, when I mean, I'm talking from a guy's perspective, to so like, what the heck? Like, I am crazy, and let's get married as soon as possible because this is going to be crazy. And... Um, I, I, I really think we, we need to come back and I remember that taking that same kind of picture when I when I first fell in love with Jesus and I can remember a, a few moments but one was about 14, 15, the Holy Spirit coming into a meeting and I just I, I was broken. God came and did something so deeply in my heart and then when I was about 17 again I was on the sound desk with Ryan and Christian are and I said this before, I was in the same church as Jeremy and uh Jeremy was in the puppet ministry at that stage. He was really good at it. One day we'll get him up here to do a bit of puppet ministry. And, um, but I, I, was, I was kind of sitting at the back there, and then just the love of God started to flood over me. And I just cried and cried and cried. Another time was a, a guy called Rory Dyer, whose church we went to, up to in 3 cr And when he preaches, he just cries. And, uh, and he was ministering on the Father heart of God again, I don't have any father issues. Thank goodness I have amazing parents. Um, But I just started to just be overwhelmed by how good Jesus was, how good he was to me. And I think if you've never experienced that, please cry to God for it. If you are searching, please cry to God for it. So God, I want to know what it means that you love me. I remember Ramsey spoke to me the other day. He's like, Dan, I felt the other day the unconditional love of God pour over me. That, it's an experience. It's, it's understanding who God is, that he is love. And atheists, no matter what they believe about or don't believe about something, they can never, never give an explanation for love. Why is there love in humanity? Why is, why is this thing up? Because God is the author of love. God is love. And when we meet him and we understand the gospel, the gospel at its essence is love. The gospel is the good news of Jesus that he came 2,000 years ago. He died in our place. The Son of God came manifest into a human being, lived by the power of the Spirit because he gave us an example to live by. He died on the cross, rose again on the third day, defeated death, all for us, all for every single person sitting here. The blood of Jesus was enough to save the whole world for centuries. And who knows how long Jesus it'll take before Jesus comes back. But until then, I'm going to preach this gospel of love. That God is good. That He loves us. That He wants to see us saved. That He wants our lives to be changed. He, he, he loves us so much that He doesn't leave us where we're at. And he, and he changes us and He molds us and He disciplines us at times. And He withholds things at times. How many of you know have had stuff withheld withhold from God? I can put both hands up. I'm like, God, thank you for everything you've given, but I'd love a little bit more of something that I've actually been asking for. Sometimes God withholds things because he doesn't want things to get come and corrupt in our hearts. And he's training us, and he's teaching us, and he's making us more like him. That is God's goal for every single one of us. Don't lose grip of love and loyalty. Love to God, loyalty to God, loyalty and love to others. Don't lose grip on that. To, to God and man, Jesus says the greatest commandment is that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's what we're singing about today. Absolutely everything is up to Jesus and love your neighbor as yourself. Be loyal to your friends, be loyal to those who are followers of Jesus. Love them. And The Bible says if a brother or sister stumbles, pick them up, gently restore them. We're, we're, a, we're a redeeming community. I remember uh, this past weekend, uh, Rory Dye was preaching, and he was just saying uh, he was at this one conference where they had a whole bunch of motivational speakers, some of the top motivational speakers in South Africa. And everyone gets up there, and it's like, yes, we need to win. We need to be number one. And people cheer, and they bring all these winners, and what they they did to represent the winners. And And he, by some chance, was the last person to speak at this conference. And he gets up, and he goes, I stand for the seconds, the thirds, the fourths. The fifths, the people that never got a place on the podium. And that is what the local church is about. It's about restoring people back to the original design that God intended us to be. And that's in perfect communion with the living King. God wants a deep relationship with all of us. He doesn't care what you've done. Jesus is not afraid of sin. He's not afraid of those things that you've done that you may have think that has caused you to bring a gap between you and him. He said, come running to me, my son, my daughter. Don't let love and loyalty, don't lose the grip. There's an incredible, so at 3CR, the, the church that his parents planted, um, they asked all the original members to come and stand up on the stage. I think it was about 20 or so. And those are the people that some have gave up jobs. I spoke to this one lady who was living in a council flat in Durban, South Africa, and uh, she had a kid in school. Uh, it just didn't make sense for her to move out of Durban and and move towards Pretoria. And she just told me the story. And she, she's a very sweet old lady. But she, she, what she could have said in five minutes, she took about 20. But, you know, like, I'm, I'm a pastor by trade. So I have to really just, yes, that's nice. And um, so anyway, the, the, to cut a long story short, basically she gave up a whole lot. And things that didn't make sense. And God started to provide for her. She got a better job in Pretoria. She got a car given to her. I can't remember the whole story because it was so long. Um, But uh, you just think like, and then she's standing there today. 20 years later, she's still in the same local church. She hasn't lost grip of love and loyalty. Don't lose the first love that you have for Jesus. Go back to that moment. I often in my mind go back to, God, why am I doing this? Why, am I, why are we leading this church? Why, why should I love people? Why should I sacrifice time? Why should I do all these things? We have to go back to the why. It's because we are so enamored and so in love with this living God who gave everything for us so we can, we can go and change the world. Don't lose the grip. Hold on to it with everything inside of you. Romans 5 says, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit... Who has been given to us. We have a gift of the Holy Spirit. He is here with us right now. He is softening our hearts. He is making you a better husband. He is making you a better wife, father, mother. He is changing you. And the more we submit to Him and His ways, the more He comes and He changes us. And He makes us like Jesus. The Holy Spirit's role is to never bring glory to himself, but to bring glory to Jesus and to make us and mold us to become more like the king. That is the plan and purpose for your life and my life, is to be more and more like Jesus Christ. Jesus grew in wisdom and favor with God and man. Don't give up. Some of you are saying, I've been serving, loving, giving. I'm tired. Getting no recognition. Don't give up. Love. Is never wasted. It says in Galatians 6 9, and let us not grow weary of doing, for in due season we'll reap. Say, we will reap if we do not give up. Don't give up. Don't give up on Jesus. Don't give up on the church. Don't give up on uh, someone who, a parent who doesn't know Jesus. Don't give up on a work colleague. Keep loving, keep pouring out, keep giving everything because we're going to reap in reward. And our reward, I think, is we're going to see on this earth in incredible ways, but we're going to see in heaven all those little things that we just like, God, I'm not giving up. In this moment, I may feel like giving up. I've worked hard. I don't feel like coming to a prayer meeting. I don't feel like going to a community group. I don't feel like coming on Friday. Don't give up. Don't let feelings rule your heart. Let Jesus rule your heart. Feelings. If I went according to my feelings, it would be a dog show. You have to go according to what Jesus says. Get up in the morning. Don't feel like reading my Bible. Read it. Pray. Spend time with Him. Because if you, if you, if you do not grow weary of doing the things that God has called us to do, because there's life in it. There's life that, it says, it, it brings life to our bones. It, it changes the inside of us. Don't forget God's unconditional love towards us. There was an amazing moment, um, that, uh, again, I'm going to bring a lot of illustrations from this past weekend just because it was so powerful in Pretoria. And there was this lady who planted the church with Starla's parents. And uh, within the first couple of years of the, of the church happening, her husband, who was on leadership in the church, ends up having an affair, uh, and they get divorced. And, uh, and, and Rory just gets up there and just starts explaining. He says, this God is so good that he's brought the, this lady who who's hasn't had a good experience of church and may never have stepped back in church in a, in a very, very long time. But she came that day and God did, you could see that God just was healing her. Healing her even though she's like not in love with a guy anymore, it's, 20, it's almost 18 years later, there was healing that took place. God is good. He keeps drawing us back to him. Second one is trust. Trust from the bottom of your heart, as it says in your message. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Can I say that, that, first of all, when we, we understand trust and submission, we can trust God. We can trust that He is good. He is a good, good Father. We were going to sing that song today. And uh, you can trust everything inside of Him. But we need to learn to trust Him with, with, from the bottom of our hearts. Let me just say, those of you who are parents, can you just raise your hands quickly? You would not trust anyone, just anyone with your kid. Am I right? You're like... First of all, if they're going to stay over at someone's house, if they're kind of in that age group, some parents are like a bit anti that, and that's fine. Um, you, with, you don't know what's going down in people's lives at the end of the day. And, uh, but before you leave someone, your kids with someone, you want to get to know them really, really well. And, which is, and you have to trust them. So for me, it's the same with God, is that when we learn to trust Him, we can actually surrender our lives to Him. When we get to know Him, we can learn to trust God. Trust Him from the bottom of our hearts. And I love this verse, Hebrews eleven six. And without faith, is impossible to please. It is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists, and He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. We live. We have the faith of Christianity. Trust. We trust that this Bible is true. I believe that the Bible is infallible that you can go do research on the Bible and find out that it that it stands head and shoulders above any other historical document of the day doesn't mean that so when I read through Genesis everyone has different interpretations that's not where I'm going to go today I'm saying that you can trust number one that God created the earth that he exists that he sent his son Jesus Christ, that it's not just in the Bible that spoke about Jesus Christ, for people uh, of the day spoke about him, but there were extra biblical things where they spoke about Jesus Christ and what he did and about the earth being turned to darkness. This is all in historical books outside of the Bible. You can trust this. We can trust the word of God. Psalm 20 verse 6 says, Now know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven uh, with the saving strength of his right hand. Some boast in chariots, some boast in horses, but we will boast in the name of the Lord our God. They have, bowed, uh, sorry, they have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stood upright. God always has your back. Don't trust in chariots. Don't trust your possessions or horses. Trust in the living King. Fourth thing, seek His will. It says in the message, listen for God's voice in everything you do. Say everything you do. Everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. And see, I believe that as Christians, if we understand what it means to have a time alone with God, 15 minutes a day, if we could start with that, we will change society. There's a guy called D.L. Moody, Rob Berta mentioned this. He says that uh, an hour of fervent prayer... Can, can knock down thousands, so thousands of years of strongholds that have been over, over cities. We have to get back to, to waiting on God, praying, spending time with him, getting to know Him so we can trust him so we can seek His will. From that comes obedience. Now obedience is where the power is. There's an incredible story, and I've been reading through uh, Genesis in my daily reading, and there was a moment where, where, where Abraham has been waiting for a son. Been waiting for, I think, over 20 years. God promised him, been, we're waiting longer, but since the time God promised him to when he got it, it was, it was a lengthy time. It was almost like when they found out that they're going to have a son, Sarah laughed, because it's like, it doesn't make sense. I'm in my 90s, he's over 100, he's all like, you know what I mean, it's, it's, it was it was laughable. So anyway, God God brings uh, Abraham, and then he brings Isaac into the world. God says when he's a young boy, he says, go sacrifice your one and only son. Now that is a precursor to obviously God's, sending his only son into the world. But Abraham went knowing and trusting that God was going to come through. He was just obeying the voice of God. And I think sometimes God calls us to lay down things that are so precious to us so we can actually hear his voice. And then you'll find, and there's a good side to the story, he doesn't sacrifice his son. There was a ram caught in the bushes. They sacrificed and they came back down the mountain. But sometimes God wants to test our hearts. And these are good things. Let, let the testing come. Listen to the voice of God. It's not always what you want to hear. It's not all. Sometimes it's actually being a bit sacrificial. It's giving up something. It's laying down something. But the payoff is, is huge. For generations we're speaking about Abraham. The three major faiths in the world have found their roots in Abraham. Fourth thing, honor the Lord. And the message it says, honor the Lord with everything Your own. Give him the first and the best. And I love that song we were singing. It says Everything and nothing less, my best, my all. You deserve my every breath, my life, my song, I surrender. Lord, take control. I trust you. I'm letting go to give to you. Those of you are maybe I won't say control freaks, but control paranoid, whatever. We need to learn to trust God. Trust God with your children. Trust God with your future. Trust Him that if we honor Him, it says, honor the Lord with everything you own. Uh, Matthew 6.33, it says, seek first the kingdom. It's a different way of saying it, but it's basically God, everything is yours. Then you can trust Him to come through in every single other area. Can we stand, please? Mario, would you mind playing some keys? I think he's got the kid. Father, you're so good to us. We love you, Jesus. I pray, Lord God, that we would just really get to know you in a deeper way. God, these things that I've spoken about, not losing grip of love and loyalty, learning to trust you. Learning to honor you, Father, these are things that are going to cause growth in our lives, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray. I pray, Lord God, that you would just come this morning. And you would highlight things in, in our lives where, where we have not laid down everything. Where we haven't given our best, my all, my every breath. Father, and I pray that we would become a people that has just surrendered to you, Father. God, we surrender to you this morning. We sang it in worship. It's the theme of this morning, God. But truly, Lord God, I'm trusting you that there's going to be such a shift in people's hearts across this room, Lord God, that there's there's a shift taking place, that hearts are turning towards you. Just begin to worship God. Just exalt him, thank him. So powerful, I, I often just find myself and it's just become more of a kind of a subconscious habit, just but thanking God. Thank Him for, for what, I, what He's given, what, the blessings that He's poured out on us. Thank Him that He's been with you in the tough times. He's never let you go. He's always by your side. We thank you this morning, Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're the one who walks with us when we've walked through pain, we've walked through disappointment, we've walked through joy, we've walked through amazing things happening in our lives, God, you are there with us. And we thank you that you are good and that you are faithful and we can trust you. When I said the, the thing about trust, I, I, there really is a sense that some of you have had a... Uh, your trust broken by family, fathers, friends. God wants to come bring healing to that this morning. You can trust Him. I know that's a very close and, um, and, and in intimate moment with, between you and God, but I think you need to declare out in faith and say, Father, I trust you. I trust you. I trust your word. I trust your goodness. I trust that you're working out everything in my life for my good. Even though I've walked through a valley of the shadow of death, you're working things out for my good.